Welcome to this episode of Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever. Today we are going to talk about Janet Jackson's control. My name is Courtney Stribling and I'm here with my cousin. Cousin Cam. Cam, how you feeling? Oh, can't complain. Won't do no good. <laughs> it won't do you a lick of good. <laughs> so as usual, we are going to talk about a song, a favorite of ours this week is Control. Control. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Yeah, get it in. <laughs> yeah, I got it in. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> in addition, we'll be talking about some Janet Jackson news. We might play a little game. I think we've got it together again for this episode as well. So um, we've got some catching up to do since the last time we chatted. So let's get right to it. Right, right. All right. So since the last time we spoke, Janet dropped a surprise contest for her fans. Her fans can actually have an opportunity to dance with her. It's called Dance with Janet. She's working on some projects and she's looking for background dancers. So you can actually submit video at an opportunity to dance with Janet, which I think is cool. Yeah, it's definitely cool. There was a lot of buildup on social media, but lots of people knew something was coming. We just didn't know what. So I saw like everybody t tweeting like, we're waiting on this message. We're waiting on this important announcement, Janet, and nothing's come. So when the video did finally, when the announcement did finally come and I saw that it was for dancers, I was like, okay, so I wasted my excitement. <laughs> like I'm, ex <laughs> I'm excited for other people, but as a full-fledged member of the Rhythmless Nation, this <laughs> announcement didn't mean anything for me. <laughs> well, I was excited because although I can't dance as fast as Janet, I mean, I figured I could put my two steps in there and maybe get a spot. She might need somebody just to two step. <laughs> so you're going to make a two step video? I'll make a two, nah, I'm not going to make a video, but if she does say just two step only, I'm I'm going to submit one. That's okay. All I well, I don't want you to hold your breath for that two step only request. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I know you stay ready. So if it does come, you'll be ready. Hey, now you got to admit, though, that's like a once in a lifetime. Listen, I considered it. It is. And, and I like, I really like that she engages with her fans. Like she knows that she has made a bunch of people's days and she's given access to a lot of people who would not ordinarily have access. Maybe they can't travel to an open call or just for a host of other reasons who wouldn't be able to um, audition for Janet or her team. So, I mean, I, you know, facetiously, I say it did nothing for me, but I was really excited for the fans worldwide who are going to get an opportunity that, you know, if you were a dancer and this was put before you, it had to feel like Christmas. Yeah. But you know what? There's a bad side to Christmas. Mm. <laughs> I've seen. Tell us about it. <laughs> I don't, it's a couple of people that I follow and they were already aspiring to be Janet. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like it's ramped up. So now I'm seeing more and more videos of them like really bringing it. And I'm just like, oh, I hope you get picked. Bless your heart. I hope you get picked. I hope Janet picks you so I can stop looking at this same video. You. <laughs> yes, I have retweeted a couple people um, just trying to, you know, be a, a signal boost. Uh, and there have been some really good videos and there have been some some very earnest attempts <laughs> <laughs> that would solicit the most endearing. Bless your heart. <laughs> Because they meant so well. Oh, yes, they uh, did. <laughs> <laughs> but it, listen, if they've got the courage to record themselves and submit it to Janet Jackson, look, I'm cheering for you. I'm rooting for you. I hope it works out. So do you think it's Essence or some other event 
because I mean she got a lot of stuff coming up this summer so I mean I'm just she's got a lot of things coming up and she said projects with an s I guess we got to stay tuned huh? stay tuned yes yes so speaking of essence and all of the things that are coming up I got a little excited for it the upcoming events based on the excitement uh, from Coachella here recently. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Uh, as most people are calling it, Baychella. <laughs> right. <laughs> for, for Beyonce. Uh, definitely put on a great performance. I was not disappointed. And I've seen Beyonce twice. So I was definitely, I already knew she was going to do good though. But she definitely, she raised the bar. Again, I'm gonna ask you how you felt about the performance because I'm um, so you know that I am not like an uber Beyonce fan, but I do <laughs> like I respect talent and like the lady has talent yes. and and she has the drive to do it because a lot of folks got talent, right? Yeah, yeah. but they they can't be Beyonce, you know. <laughs> um, so I enjoyed it, I appreciate it. Um, I thought it was I thought she did really well. And on the Internet, though, I did see uh, there was a host of factions. There were people who thought it was the greatest thing that had ever happened to Earth. (laughs) Yeah. And then there were the people who were mad about people calling it the greatest thing that ever happened to Earth. (laughs) Which side did you land on? I'm I'm definitely not in the camp of people who are angry that other people are so happy because why? Like, let people enjoy things. Like, what? How is their enjoyment of a phenomenal entertainer impacting your life? Like, let people enjoy things. I have been to a Beyonce concert and it was really, 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 really good. Yeah. It only becomes a problem for me when in order for you to uplift one thing, you have to pull another down. That's when it becomes a problem for me. I was hyped about it, but at the same time, there were some things where I was just like, was a little bit too over the top, like the marching band. You didn't like the marching band? After seven minutes of hearing boom, clap, boom, clap, and cha da 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 <laughs> it got on my nerves a little bit. I love seeing <laughs> Destiny's Child. Michelle, that's my girl. I love Michelle because she play her role. She really does. She play she really her role. Does. I love how she, she plays her role. She really does. I never, thank you for articulating it that way because I never knew what the source of my admiration for her was, but that is it. Michelle, <laughs> ain't, is it. Michelle no, she ain't trying to be the lead single. She ain't even trying to be the backup singer. She is right. a place filler. I'm going to just stand over here on the right and hit these steps and get and get my chick because this will be right. a say, say, do. You feel me? But I wasn't overly hyped. I know a lot of people were like, oh, she took the whole atmosphere of going to a HBCU and all that. Yeah, but I just thought it was just a great performance. I've always, and I know this is where me and you kind of disagree, I've always put her up there with the Michael, the Janet, and Beyonce. You might not yet put her there just yet, but I've always put her in there. So I don't mind her being there. Um I guess where my issue comes is that people want to say, and even you mentioned earlier about the greatest living entertainer. What was your take on that? I'm going to have to say, yeah. You said yes. Beyonce is the greatest living entertainer. Oh God, I'm going to have to edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) Cause this is the Janet Jackson podcast. We only stand Janet Jackson. True. But I think Janet will say, if I retired now from the stage, we got Beyonce and is in good hands. You feel me? 
I, I agree. I agree with that. But I don't know if I can make her the greatest living yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I... And I don't know that there's a cutoff. I guess my struggle is, like, as long as Janet Jackson is breathing, I'm going to have a hard time. <laughs> not... I mean, really, I think... I really think that's what it is. And that may not be fair because it may be, may be time to pass the torch to the next generation. But for me, it would be tough for me to say that someone else is while she is still performing at this level. Now, if it if it slides, then, you know, we'll have to come back and reevaluate. Like, And you know what I'll do? I'll rewatch Janet in Hawaii again. And then compare my notes and next podcast, I'll I'll see if I still stick to it. Man, you don't even have to go that far. Like you watch that Rock With You tour that's on YouTube. It is amazing. I'll and watch that's one, one of them. the tours that like didn't even do it didn't even do super well. And to watch it, I think she was probably like 39, 40, maybe I think so, about thirty nine when yeah. she did that tour. And it was phenomenal. Okay. I'll rewatch um, it. Yeah. So I did want to say that Beyonce and I didn't see the whole thing so like you said you got tired of the marching band I did not get tired of the marching band but I didn't watch the whole performance either what I did appreciate about the performance more than anything was Beyonce decided to do a show she decided to do um, a decidedly black show and she didn't care that the audience was not decidedly black. <laughs> like <laughs> that probably was my favorite part because she basically was like, it's cool. I'm glad y'all here with me that you bought your tickets, but really I'm about to do a concert for the people around the globe watching on the live stream. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I, I appreciate that. And it did get me hyped for Janet. So you and I were talking about it. So do you think in any way Janet Jackson feels pressure? Um, based on the response to Coachella? I think she does because Jen is competitive. Yeah. So, you know, she was always aimed. To me, I always felt like she was always saying, uh-uh, big brother, little sister got something coming. So she probably sitting there saying, hey, I see you, Beyonce, but I think I got one more good lap left in me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I do think it's going to be really interesting because I was super excited that I think it was, is it Outside Lands or FYE? I'm, I'm not sure. FYF or Outside Lands announced that they would be live streaming Janet's performance. Wow. And um, so I was super excited about that. And I think that, you know, you can always expect something spectacular from Janet Jackson. But I think particularly in these kind of one-offs where she doesn't like have to disassemble a set and put a set up you know the very next day and she can do some bigger things mm -hmm. so this will be interesting I think and you're right I think she does I'm not gonna call it pressure like I but I do think she always wants to if not top top you know her contemporaries then top herself I think she's always trying to better her performance and better herself and do what what um she knows she can do like i think that you know there's still a lot in there that mm -hmm. she is wanting to give to the world and so you know she's got some opportunities to come this summer and i think we're gonna be surprised yeah yeah it should be a nice summer
So let's get into this week's song. Uh, we have chosen one of our favorites. We can say that about a good number of Janet Jackson songs. But yep, yep. our song for this week is Control. So when you think about the song Control, Cam, what do you what comes to mind? To me, Control is Janet's anthem and others anthem. It's like her Declaration of Independence. And to be honest with you, I think I've heard numerous rappers always say I'm in control like Janet. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think that control is always has been her signature to me. When control hit, Janet had arrived. Now, one thing I was surprised about was that this was like her f- the fourth single release off this project. So Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people in your mind, you make it the number one single because it's the name of the album. And it's definitely the statement piece, right, from that album. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of songs that stick with you, um, but Control was definitely the statement piece. Um, So, yeah, I was surprised when I was reading for uh, this discussion that it was the fourth single. I was like, my goodness, three things came before this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And now when we think about control, you know, it's it's sometimes tough to separate the song from the album. Right. But this was a huge transition period for Janet Jackson. You know, when she had those first two albums, um, she'd had some modest success, um, you know, by, you know, everyday new pop artist standards. Uh, she was relatively successful, but she was in no way um, Jackson successful yet. Um, and so that's when she started working on control. That was kind of like the focus of I'm at a turning point. This is a pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's time for me to make my mark in the industry. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. And of course, you know, she was, of course, at this time, Joe was her manager and she was actually in the process of leaving him. And then she also had issues with being a, in a young marriage with James DeBarge. So she definitely had a lot of stuff going on. And then in this process, she's trying to make her own lane and make her own statement with this project. Right. And in leaving Joe, you know, after the first two albums, when she uh, made up her mind that, you know, maybe Joe wasn't going to be uh, the manager that could take her to the next level. She ended up connecting with John McClain, who was also, I think, um, over A&R at A&M, which was her record label Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, So because of him we got this this great um collaboration with her and Jimmy and Terry it was John McClain who kind of opened the door for that partnership um at the time Jimmy and Terry were working with A&M Records and they were scheduled to be working with another group um and that for various reasons that fell through and mm-hmm. so they became available and uh John McClain basically went to them and said um look at our roster and uh, if there's any other artists that you would like to produce, uh, let me know. We'll make it happen. And they looked at the roster and they immediately selected Janet Jackson. It's kind of interesting how things fall in place. You know, Jimmy and Terry were part of were musicians in the group at the time, which, of course, you know, was a big hit with Prince and Morris Day. But it's just funny how they were actually supposed to work with another group, but they had an opportunity to work with Janet and they went with it. And even though Janet, you know, only had modest success, I imagine they were thinking, you know, watch us have a success with Janet because Janet is still considered a baby face 
Jackson, who's who most of the world knows as as little sister to Michael, and of course, you know from fame and different strokes. Now they actually requested Janet to move to uh, Minneapolis to work on this project, which it kind of took out of comfort zone to go to the cold Minneapolis. Well, that's interesting. I wonder when this was recorded. It isn't always cold in Minneapolis. <laughs> uh, I actually lived there twice. and uh, I, forgot about, I forgot about that. Yeah, but I lived there in the summertime, which was uh, pretty awesome, but it was way too hot. That's that's for another discussion. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so I think right off the bat, you know, it was kind of at the insistence of Jamie Jam and Terry Lewis that uh, Janet come to Minneapolis um, and record. And I think that set the tone for the album, really. I don't know that she would have been as I don't want to say it's focused because I think Janet Jackson, when Janet decides to work, she works. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe a bit more inhibited in um, L.A. And mm-hmm. I say that because all of her family is there. There's lots of distractions and there's lots of people who can pop in and give their opinion or want to hear a song before it's ready or, you know, you know how people do. Mm-hmm. Um, how is such and such coming and how's this going? You know, just too many questions, too many hands, too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, that could have easily happened if Jimmy and Terry had gone to L.A. Um, versus her coming out to them. So I thought that was really interesting that they kind of insisted, but it was perfect. They knew exactly what they were doing. Right. And during this time, too, it was a big focus to switch from Janet had been viewed as kind of the innocent America sweetheart, you know, and lots of folks had assumed she'd never really had any real experiences. Like she'd never experienced any real life things. And so with this album, um, a lot of the focus was on just really getting out all she had gone through um, in the last past couple of years with the marriage, with um <laughs> leaving her father with fame, which she, every opportunity she gets, she tells us how much she hates it being there. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there was a lot going on um, in that very short period of time um, that she was able to capture on this album and really help her to transition from being viewed as more bubblegum um, kind of artist to uh, a more mature adult pop star. And you know what? That's a interesting transition because we've seen so many times where kids were um, maybe they come from a group or young, you know, and they try to transition into an adult. And sometimes their their success really never gets off to the right footing. Yeah. So, I mean, we can. Name the it. 80s ate a lot of child acts. Like <laughs> the 90s did, too. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, uh, even Miley Cyrus barely made it, you know. She, <laughs> I mean, because it's just a, a hard transition because you want to be it taken is. serious, but we've so used to you singing Mbop. You right. <laughs> you you're right. Us- you're right. And and I think the challenge for Janet was even stronger because, you know, we had really grown up with her we had seen her on good times and on a different strokes and you know you know how it is it's tough for them to accept that you have grown up like right. when people encounter you as a child like I just had a, my friend she went to church now we've gone to this church since we were kids but you know we got a, we got several decades in on this game of life mm-hmm. and 
<laughs> lady asked her, was she still in college? And we were like, who's college, ma'am? Like, <laughs> college. <laughs> I'm still paying for it. Listen. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's like it's very tough for people to let someone grow up when they have seen them and been introduced to them as a child. And so she really had kind of a double whammy. She had that to overcome. And she had the fact that she really wanted to make her own statement. She didn't want to be um, viewed as the sister of the Jacksons in the music world. Now, in the TV world, you know, she had she had pretty much staked her claim. And and I think it was less of a shadow there from the brothers. Um, But in the music world, you know, it seemed like every sound she made, someone wanted to compare it to Michael Jackson or the Jackson 5. And another interesting thing is that some of the tracks that were on the Control album, um, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis had actually produced for other artists. Uh, One of those artists was uh, the lead singer from Atlantic Star, Sharon Bryant, and she was not feeling it. And Really? No, not at all. She, um, you got to remember that sound at the time. They don't get the credit, but they really were the pioneers of kind of the New Jack sound at that time. Uh, People didn't really start to put that label on it until the 90s. Um, But that's what it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, people weren't ready for it. Mm -hmm. And you got to remember the kind of music Atlantic Star was making because they were kind of a younger group and they were making like midnight classics <laughs> yeah i got their greatest yes. hit so I, I know about them <laughs> yes 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 control actually peaked the single itself peaked at number five on the billboard charts the single control peaked at number five on the billboard charts but it's also um was number one on r&b and the dance chart And that's really impressive, too, because like you were saying earlier, this was the fourth single released from this album. And to still be charting, you know, number five on the Hot 100 and number one on the R&B, that deep in. And you got to remember, this is the time when um, you had to go to the store, Mm -hmm. right? Like. And you might got eight cuts, might got eight yeah. or eight or nine cuts on. Yeah, you had to keep going back. Like it wasn't like today when all the you can buy any song as a single. You know, usually as soon as the album is released, it wasn't like that. It was like the single will be released in August fifth, and you gonna wait till <laughs> August fifth, and you're gonna go back to the store <laughs> and pick up the whole LP. Yes, <laughs> the whole album, I should say. Yes. So um, there was a there was decidedly different. So if you were still charting, you know, top five, top 10, um, fourth single, and we know she did it, I think on that album, five songs in the top five Mm -hmm. um, and seven in the top 10. Mm -hmm. So to have come from where she had come from and to have gotten to the point where she said, I'm going to you know, this isn't working. And to recognize that first to say, hey, this isn't working. I need to do something completely different. And then to seek out people to help her do that. This really is her coming of age story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think me and you talked about this in before when we were watching the new edition movie and um, uh, Tank's character, but he was telling Ralph Trasvance this this next album that they were working for with new edition 
was going to be their control. So everybody, I pretty much, to me in my head, when an artist is still trying to find their signature sound or they're trying to find their way in the music business, everybody still tries to find that control their control mm-hmm. CD or their control app. And I think so. Like if you are any artist and you can hit your control, that means you have found your defining moment. Like right. you, your arrival has been sealed. It's control was kind of a coronation um, for Janet Jackson. And a lot of people think of it as her first album, but, but you know, not. true fans, true fans know that it is not. It's not. Um, <laughs> it's not. There was some bops on those earlier albums, man. I mean, <laughs> Fewer bops, admittedly. <laughs> Not a lot of bops. But well. There was some bops on there, man. Well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the Control also um, went on to win Best R&B Soul Music Video um, in 1988 for uh, the video directed by Mary Lambert, who also directed the Nasty video as well. The video actually mimicked her life. I mean, because she was, like we said, she was going through so much that when you watch the long version of the video. Right. The 10 minute mini movie. She truly made short films. I loved it. Yeah. She had Janet DuBose, who was played her mother from Good Times in it. And you can just see how like the storyline is of how she's struggling to find her own way. Now, I think they get into an argument before she walks out the house and then here comes Right, her and her dad. Yeah. So next thing you know, bam, here comes her crew. <laughs> my favorite. My favorite. Gonna say Listen, his name. <laughs> if there wasn't even any music, I still would have loved this video. <laughs> like <laughs> when the squad shows up, okay, when Jimmy and Terry and Bean, <laughs> yes, Jelly Bean uh, show up, man, that is my favorite part. And, you know, they're hassling her as she comes out of the house while she's telling them uh, about the argument with her father. And I just imagine, like, I don't know, I wasn't there, but I feel like that has got to be what it's really like to hang out with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. <laughs> like, I feel like it's nonstop shenanigans. And the one thing that puzzles me is where does Jerome come from? Because I'm like, do Jerome just be waiting for Jimmy and Terry them to do something? If you're like, oh, I'm being a video. <laughs> Listen, I love Jerome. Okay, but he he does important stuff. Like, didn't he hold Morris Day's mirror and <laughs> and then slide with him on stage? Slide with him on stage. Sometimes he had a one drumstick, no drums, just the one <laughs> drumstick. He's doing important work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's your? I love it. And now you got to say your favorite line from this video. So my favorite line, and I have to set it up because it's the dumbest line <laughs> ever. And I know you just want me to say it so that no one can get it. <laughs> but I'm gonna do it because I love it. <laughs> but you know when they're she's in a bad mood, and um, so the way the video is set up. She comes out and she's going to drive herself to what's to be her concert, her live performance. And uh, just as they pull up, they're like, no, we'll take you, take you. So the next scene of the video um, after they have dropped her off is them in the car eating chicken. And I love that they're like eating the chicken and throwing the wink, the bones over the car. So like that's in the video. And uh, it, all he does is say like, 
I'm a little worried about Janet. Like, I don't, you know, did y'all see the way she was looking? You know, implying that, you know, she was not in a very good mood at all to be getting ready to do a stage show. Um, but when he says, I'm a little worried about Janet, uh, everybody in the car in unison says, why, Bane? <laughs> I don't know why, but you love telling it. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh and you know i really like i i truly believe this was probably a collaborative effort i don't i don't know exactly how like the script for this came about whether there was some freestyle and you know whatever but mary lambert there's something to be said about her because that nasty video is really phenomenal yes and this video even though it could have just been a stage performance right because it was supposed to be a live performance video but everything that leads up to the performance which is great everything that leads up to it is equally as great <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about um we do know that miss lambert had some struggles oh the struggle <laughs> <In> the, was <laughs> real in the making of this video let's talk about that a little bit yeah she had joe problems let's i want to put that out there <laughs> you know how you say you got man problems she got joe yes. problems she had a very specific man problem <laughs> because not only was janet trying to get rid of joe mary was trying to get rid of joe <laughs> That's the part I didn't truly understand because at this point he was no longer her manager, but he was still in the way on this video shoot. Well, people were afraid of Joe. And for some reason, I don't know if Joe thought Janet was doing the circus Olay or something, but he kept demanding insurance. Like she had to be right. insured. For when <laughs> she's lowered down in that trapeze. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted $1 million of insurance. And listen, when you think about it, that's not that ridiculous. It's not. I mean, it's not. It sounds crazy if if you don't know a lot about uh, writers and and protection clauses for actors and actresses and stuff. But I think they were like, our budget does not cover. <laughs> we own our fourth like, video. We ain't yeah, got, we don't. We ain't yeah, got no money. <laughs> that's all tapped out, sir. <laughs> all done and, so, and yeah. also why are you in this <laughs> and the record label was scared of joe so mary would go to the record label and be like look joe is breathing down my back and they were like tell her tell them that we got it but don't tell them we ain't got it but you know <laughs> they were just scared and mary yeah. would be like y'all gotta do something about joe and it's just like nobody wanted right. to deal with yeah. joe <laughs> yeah yeah they really did her dirty but she got it done and then another thing that she actually ended up with was the as fact that the set itself, because most people were thinking they were going to see a, a live show of Janet performing. Right. And actually, they just end up seeing Janet perform control over and over again. So And not perform control. So they thought they were going to a concert. Mm-mm. And they ended up being extras in a video uh-uh. watching her lip sync for hour after hour after hour. Now, I would have enjoyed it. I would have been gladly there cheering um, for this non-performance. Uh, but I do see how it could be upsetting if no one told you that's what you were doing. In, in defense of the crowd, though, if I got to watch Jerome slide with and, and hold that stick over and over again with Janet lip syncing, I would have got mad too. Like, mm-mm. I would have been like, look, <laughs> how many no. more times we got? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was just the element of surprise because, you know, it would be one thing if, like, someone invites you on a tour of a chocolate factory and you're like, free tour of chocolate factory. Yeah, I'm on my way. And then you get to the chocolate factory and they hand you a hairnet and a broom like, oh, we needed you to work. So Uh-oh. that's kind of what happened to them. <laughs> Ain't nobody come to work. <laughs> that's kind of what happened to these people. And uh, then she also run into one more issue with the record label. And that's because it, the crowd wasn't diverse enough. It was a little too urban for the record mm-hmm. label right and, right right am i putting it right urban it was a little too urban so <laughs> yes uh, yes yes but by that we mean they couldn't see enough white people in the front right. so <laughs> so the record label had actually asked mary to go out and mix up the crowd and uh, and they were cherry picking white presenting individuals to bring them to the front. And so you've already got people who are angry because they were tricked into being extras. And now they're even more angry because, you know, they're starting to see that others are being moved ahead of them um, without explanation. Um, so I have, will have to say this, though, about that, not about the crowd, but about Janet Jackson, because when you watch that video and when you watch that performance and all the things we know about it, we know it was lip synced. We know she had to do it a thousand times. We know the crowd was a scotch hostile. They were mad. You would never know it looking at that video. I mean, when you talk about professional and delivery and on point, she did it. Mm-hmm. And you would have never guessed what was really going on behind the scenes. Like you would have thought people were at the best concert of their life. <laughs> um, and as a kid, I really did think it was a live concert. And then, you know, as I grew up, I was like, oh, yeah, that probably was not. Um, and now we have confirmed um, that it was not. But it was still a great concert piece. I think it's one of my favorite um, videos of a live performance even if it's not a live performance it's still one of my favorite videos of a live performance she works that stage absolutely this is one of the reasons why i fell in love with janet was because of the control video i can't really tell you what went on with what have you done for me lately i only remember bits and pieces of the nasty video but i remember the control video video vibrations watching it all the time no not video vibrations yes i took you out there i I remember both of those videos you mentioned what have you done for me lately and nasty and i remember what have you done for me lately particularly because she seemed to be wearing this like same vest so like there was a couple costume changes but i swear like that vest was peeking out from every I was, and I feel like it was from the days where like some of those vests were reversible. So she might have even had that vest on a third time and I missed it because you could have flipped that joint over. She had a budget. <laughs> <laughs> this was her third time around. We went with some budget. <laughs> Listen. So another thing I love about that video is if you just watch that video, so many fun things are happening. So many fun things are happening. One of my favorites, and I know it's one of your favorites too, is watching the backup singers dance. Yes. Yeah. And you were the one who pointed out that one of the backup singers was uh, Sherelle. Sherelle. Yes, yes, Sunday, yes. Monday, Tuesday. Okay, let me stop before I have to pay royalties. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> don't, don't sing, don't hum, don't do nothing. And it took me a long time to realize that she was one of the background uh, singers. But she was killing that performance, too. I kind of now when I watch the video, I kind of get sad just because um, she did like an unsung. And that's one of the reasons why she stopped working with Jimmy Jim and Terry Lewis, because she felt like she came second fiddle. I never heard that. Yeah. Listen, you have to be second fiddle. I mean, this woman had seven 
top 10 hits off a single album, ma'am. But they gave Sherelle good hits, but she just got she got tired of playing second fiddle. That's what she said. You gotta watch. Sherelle did have some good songs. I am gonna have to try to catch it. Yeah, YouTube it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to catch it. Because mm-hmm. I think about her, I just watched the Deborah Cox on song and she kind of ran into the same thing being on the label with Whitney Whitney Houston Houston. Mm -hmm. yeah and I can I can definitely see it but I think there was room like I really like Sherelle um especially all them jams with Alexander O'Neill so I never I never knew that's why her exit now I am upset as well (laughs) yeah but she kills it in that video I I can't remember who was this other background singer and of course the band was jamming like they always do. I love I love Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Their energy. The energy. That's what it was. The energy. And you know, I think there was a cameo of a person you do not care for very much. Who? I think her ex-husband Renee is in that video as well. I know. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no comment. I like to end this press conference. But the only reason I say that is because everybody in that video is jamming. And on his little half-second highlight, he jammed it, too. Okay. (laughs) That's all I got to say about that. Where would you say that this video ranks for you in the Janet Jackson videography? It ranks number two. Number two? Wow, and it's so precise. Mm -hmm. So what is number one and what is number three? Number one is If. Okay. Number two is Control, like I said. And number three may shock you, but Feedback. (laughs) <laughs> really mm-hmm. I love that the, is shocking I love the feedback song I love the video <laughs> I do like the song the video is okay I don't hate it I did really enjoy the making of that video like you know the little clips as you can see on yeah. YouTube yeah so mm-hmm. I enjoyed that I don't know where control falls for me it is one of the videos that made me fall in love with Janet Jackson but also like when I if I'm thinking about truly my favorite video from that first album it's Pleasure Principle like the way she was killing it nonstop by herself in that warehouse. I still, when I see that video, I'm like, there will never be a solo dance video greater than this. So good. So control is definitely up there though. Like um, probably my number, it will be my number two off the, the control album, but there is probably overall though. Overall, um, it's in my top seven. <laughs> yeah I mean there's so many to choose from there's so many really really good Janet Jackson videos and I love Control and to this day it's one that when it comes on you know how sometimes you can mm-hmm. scroll through things you can scroll past but if this comes on there's there's no scrolling past there's only stopping to watch and enjoy like there's no I can't keep going so it's it's up there but being number seven isn't isn't a knock on the video it's just that she has so many good videos yeah but control is the reason why i love janet i'm for real like i don't even want the short version or the i want the long extended version (laughs) you want to see her come down the stairs and pet the dog and put her shoes on (laughs) like i want the i want the five minute version at least the album version which is like five minutes I think the radio version is like three minutes. But give me my five full minutes of control. I don't dispute that this is a phenomenal song and a phenomenal video. And I do love it with my whole heart. Hmm. 
-hmm. There's just so many others. <laughs> and we got plenty of we can we can we can do as many podcasts to get figure out what other six songs top control. <laughs> because I'm I'm definitely interested. I see. I know I see. which one of them is up there, but I would like to know the in between. You like, sound so bitter. I'm so good. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is control. You know? Oh my goodness. Oh man, you sound like me when we were talking about Beyonce. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um and then one last thing too, we talk about uh the control before we leave it, the American Music Awards performance in nineteen eighty seven and she murdered it. She had on that like I call it her Arsenio Hall suit. It was very <laughs> And she, and she had on one of the Golden Girls brooches. Man, don't talk about my Golden Girls. <laughs> you know I love the Golden Girls. I love she had on the brooch. She had on the suit. And she was dancing with the all-male dancers. Um, and they murdered it. They, So it was really good. I remember that very much. Before we close that, this out, I would just like to say I can name about four other female artists who copied the all-male dancers. <laughs> from Janet. Oh, yeah. I like For to sure. say they stole it from Janet. They bit that from Janet. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a good discussion. Mm -hmm. um, I feel a little on guard about having to defend um, my position in the Janet videography, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so yes, now let's move on to our closing topic, which was Together Again. together again is when we uh, reminisce about things that have passed uh, people places items that we wish would come again and do you want me to go first go ahead okay what i would like to see come back and i know we've uh, i'm probably not the only person that thinks this but i really miss the sync buying singles especially the b-side to songs but it was something about buying a single and hearing the b-side to a song because it gave you kind of a teaser to what to look forward to when the cd dropped and now you just go on to your, your amazon or your streaming store and you just listen to everything and there's no more excitement about it. Yeah, I agree. I would not have thought of that because when you first started, I was like, why would we want to do that? <laughs> but as you talk through it, I agree because the um, the excitement used to last weeks. Right. Uh, when a new album was about to drop, because typically there was one, sometimes two uh -huh. singles, maybe three before the full album was available. Right. And so, you know, you just kind of got this little drop here. And then a couple of weeks later, another drop. You know, the single might come out in April. That album might not be in stores till July. Right. So I hear you. At first, when you first started, I was like, why would we want to do that? But it does stretch out the project and give you a lot more time to get intimately familiar with the singles instead of um, now. I think because you got the whole album, you maybe won't give each song the chance it deserves um you know if you don't like it on the first pass you just move on but i just missed the b-side okay okay interesting so mine was not similar but kind of of songs gone by 
my together again is an ode to the saxophone solo. What? You know, you know, you used to know you had a for real R&B banger when you get to that bridge and it's a saxophone solo. We don't have that no more. Okay, George Michael never gonna dance again. That's all you hear is sex. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Cousin Kim, and I'm telling you right now, please do not bring back the saxophone solo. No. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the end of our podcast. I am Cousin Kim, and that's my cousin, Courtney Stribling. No, 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 no. Cousin, I'm wrapping this up. How my A Helen doing? She doing good. <laughs> Uncle Charles doing great. <laughs> Y'all, this is the end of the podcast because she won't stop with that dang saxophone. <laughs> I'm about to take my earpiece off right now. <laughs> so that's it for us this week. On behalf of myself, Courtney Stribling, and my cousin, Cousin Cam, we'd like to thank you for spending time with us. If you'd like to reach us, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at JJTodayPod. That's at JJTodayPod. Our intro and outro music, Good For You by THBD, is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license.